Hey everybody, this is Double G. Before we get to the podcast that John and I just recorded, I just want to give people a heads up. We used a different recording software for this show. I was trying out something else, and uh, I thought it was a better solution to what we're doing, but there is a clicking noise um, every once in a while, and I heard it as we were recording, but I was kind of wondering if, if it would... If it would uh, be heard on the actual uh, podcast itself, and it and it does, so I apologize for that. We are obviously not going to use that uh, that software anymore. So hopefully uh, you won't hear that again. Just a one time thing. Super apologize, especially because this is uh, a very early podcast for us under the new Blue Wire Network, uh, Blue Wire Podcast Network. So. I, you know, we're kind of figuring things out, but I, I have a pretty good setup and I was just testing out one new thing to make the podcast even better. You know, the sound quality, all of those things, but it didn't work out. So go, going back to how we were doing it before and uh, just wanted people to know that before you listen. So here we go. Uh, podcast for November 14th, 2019. John and I. Here we go. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. It is November 14th, Thursday night. We record this generally on a Thursday night, but you probably listened to it on Friday. My partner, John LaRocca. What's going on, man? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling a bit tired. You're but, telling me. Well, I was up late last night watching freaking two wrestling shows. I can't do it, man. I gotta, I gotta watch. I have to watch NXT in the morning. I just can't. Like four hours of wrestling is overkill, and I think I'd get sick of it. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could watch the next day. If it was like on the network, like right away, I could probably at least finish finish it off. At least you know. Mm-hmm. But but it's just it's okay. I mean, last night though was the, the shows were good, but I was kind of. I was feeling a bit tired. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, so um, let's get some business out of the way here. There's actually some really cool information, and we've kind of been teasing it here and there. Um, the I think the main piece of information is um, that we are joining um, the Blue Wire Podcast Network family, um, and I think it's... You know, it, it's really it's really cool all the way around. But I think for us, uh, the coolest thing about it is we don't really have to change anything that we're doing. Um, and just being a part of a network is cool because <clears throat> there is a little bit of momentum behind uh, Blue Wire. Blue Wire is a what I would call a burgeoning sports podcasting network. Um, still, you know, still kind of small-ish, though growing all the time. And uh, you know, new podcasts here and there are uh, are, are popping up, and you know, we're, we're we're glad to to really be a part of the family. And I'm also going to be helping out with some other stuff with them. So you know, I, I have a unique interest in not only is our podcast going to be, um, you know, uh, on the network, but I'm also you know sort of rooting for everything because I'm I'm looking at um, I'm helping in, you know in some operational way. So. That is the news that we've kind of been teasing around, and look, you know, we'll have a, um, we'll, ha- we'll have to throw a couple of ads here and there because that's how podcast business works. 
um, you know, in order to uh, in order to run a network, you need to have avenues to uh, to make money. So there will be a couple of ads here and there, and um, but that's really the only change on our end. And uh, and I think I think it's a hundred percent positive. Um, I, it's kind of something that when you do this on your own, and <clears throat> you know, ho- hosting podcasts is is uh, is an expense, you know, and and you kind of do it for the love of the game. And we'll still do it for love, the love of the game, but you get a, a couple of perks here and there by being a part of a network. So I think it's going to be awesome, and uh, and I hope uh, I hope people uh, sort of rally behind it too, and and listen to some of the other stuff like my buddy uh, Ben Cruz's uh, podcast, the It Doesn't Matter podcast, which is also on the the Blue Wire podcast network. So cool to be a part of the network, and uh, and, and yeah, just did you have any did you have any quick thoughts on on that whole thing? No, I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy to join the Blue Wire family. I think it's going to be great for our fans and the listeners. So I'm just excited, and we can continue on and keep talking some some fun wrestling and MMA and boxing. You know, I think we're going to, for the new fans out there, we're going to discover this, uh, our show. We're going to find a, a very uh, interesting and some hot debates at times. And mm-hmm, it's a really mm-hmm. fun show. It's like a lot, I get a lot of people that talk about our show really enjoy that uh there's some discussion and we're not just quickly agreeing on stuff and moving on it's like you know we 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 dive deep yeah absolutely and you know the the other part of this uh excuse me i saw i've I've had a cough for like three weeks i really apologize people um one of the things that's uh you know that I, i i may be asking a little bit more uh is uh i i apple podcast reviews now, when we were just kind of doing our doing our thing and just kind of you know building up the repetitions and slowly introducing the show to the Twitter audience and to the um, the the Facebook group that we created to that audience, you know, Apple Podcast reviews are cool, but I wasn't going to you know necessarily request them um, unless we had an opportunity like this where it actually does matter a little bit because we are looking to gain some popularity. So Apple podcast reviews do help. And in some of the podcast reviews that I've read, uh, you know, one of the themes is like, yeah, they disagree a lot. (laughs) And I thought that was funny because I mean, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, from a business standpoint, um, you being in the the wrestling industry to an extent, and and us both being very close friends with uh, with Dave Meltzer, we understand the the business aspect of most things. Now it doesn't mean that we're gonna agree necessarily like what's best for business on, on everything. But from a uh, one of the great things about wrestling is is from a subjective uh, appreciation of the art form standpoint, there's tons of room for disagreement or agreement um i'm sure you know you've had I- anyone who's watched wrestling before had, a, ha- had has said oh this match was the best match i've ever seen and someone goes no this match was the best match i've ever seen and then you go you know why or how and then you have you have a discussion about it so the just the topic in general is uh is arguable it's not like you know it's not like uh the 49ers versus the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, which killed the raw rating. It's not like at the end of that game, I could go up to a Seahawks fan and go, well, you know what? The 49ers 
really did win that game, even though at the end of the game, the Seahawks won by three points or, or whatever it was, right? That You can't do that because the score is ultimately uh, on the scoreboard, and, that, and that's what, what causes the win or loss. With wrestling, you know, there's so much room for opinion and for discussion and for disagreement or agreement, because there's a lot of stuff that we agree on at the same time. So, I like that part of it. John and I do generally, you know, ha- have discussions and, and we may disagree on things, but never in like a frustrating way, always in a, a way in which, you know, it's sort of civil. That, like, that's how that's how you talk with your friends. You know, you don't, you know, you know, stomp your feet and take your ball and go home, you know, when you're just talking this stuff with your friends. So that, you know, that, that that's a long way of, for me to say, hey, if you have the opportunity to go on the Apple Podcasts app throw us a review um you know five stars is the best possible score but we do want to build up that that uh metric for us and you know i was talking to uh uh ben cruz and just joking because i mean they've been doing this for a little bit longer so you know they have their apple apple reviews uh apple podcast reviews ramped up and i was like you know i just want to catch ben now he's he's at a fairly fairly big lead with the it doesn't matter podcast but uh I would love to see that 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 go up a little bit. So if you appreciate it, awesome. Send us a, a review. I know a lot of people did that today. Thank every one of you for doing that. We truly appreciate it. Um, so not going to be any ads on this week's show because uh, we just, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of still getting in the swing of things. Um, the whole ad piece of it will happen uh, beginning next week more than likely. Um, and so, you know, this will be sort of the last one where, where we don't have ads, uh, you know, in and out of the show. Um, the other, the last thing I wanted to tease before we get into the meat of the show is, uh, we have been talking about what we're going to do at the end of the year when the, uh, 1993 WWE Raw reviews end, you know, we started at the beginning of the year. Uh, we said we would go a year, maybe we'd go continue, but um, I think we are going to stop the 93 Raw reviews, and next week we will announce the plan for what we're going to do at the beginning of the year as our sort of project of, uh, of talking about you know wrestling history uh, in the midst of also talking about what's going on in wrestling today. Like That's part of our show, which is to talk about all the news analyze the stuff, talk about business, as well as MMA and boxing business, and then have a wrestling project on the side. And that this year was 1993 Raws. And if you want to you know, do a watch along with all those shows, they're in the archive on, uh, on the, <coughs> the, the, uh, the Art 19 page. So, you know, we started in, in January. I think we only missed... Did we miss one week that we had to kind of double back on? Or there may have been two weeks that we missed on that we had to double back on. But all we got through all of them and were current today. And we'll go through our 93 Raw for the episode that would have aired on November 15th, 1993. So we'll do that at the end of this show. So, are you ready to get into what we're going to get into today? I'm ready, man. Let's do it. Okay. So... I think the first thing I want to do is uh, actually um, give John a little bit of a shout out here because oh, man. one AJ Kirsch mentioned 
on Twitter, I believe. Was it on Twitter or was it on Facebook? Twitter. <clears throat> on Twitter. AJ Kirsch, for those of you who don't know who he is, he was on uh, one of the... Um, he tough was on a, er, 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 uh, 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 an early person on one of the Tough Enoughs. He was uh, the winner of the Rocks um, promo. He, like Rock did like a promo YouTube tournament, and and AJ as his alter ego uh, won that. And he's like he he does a lot of announcing. He announces for APW Ring Announcer. Um, I think he's now working with MLW. So he's doing his thing, and he tweeted out that he was going to induct. One John LaRocca into the NorCal Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. What's up with that? What's up with that? Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, excited about going in. I'm excited about who I'm going in with. That's probably the the biggest. What I'm most excited about. I get to go in with a lot of my friends, and um, it's it's going to be a fun night, a fun reunion. Uh, right now, they've already announced uh, Oliver John is in the Hall of Fame, and. Venice DeMarco, so there's more to come pretty soon here. So it's going to be a fun night on uh, November 30th. Uh, got to work on my speech. I mean, I'm not going I'm to I'm call it out there, so I'm not going to... I don't have a list of names. So I don't forget anyone. <laughs> sure. So um, the people uh, who are listening to this show, if they know you from what we've talked about, they know you as the booker uh, at APW and someone who worked under Roland Alexander... Uh, and, and you know, Roland, Roland Alexander sort of known nationally for being in in that uh, in that documentary, that wrestling documentary that came out uh, right during the Attitude Era, and um, and also if maybe for in the Bay Area, people would know you from uh, running your own wrestling company called Premier. But there was also like a, a worker manager side to your career before that. I know a lot of those pictures that are out there. If you look, if you're seeing any of any, any pictures of John out there, a lot of them are from his mm-hmm. managing career. But like, what was the time frame, and and how how long did you do that? And then you know that was I'm guessing that was the start of, of you in the business. Uh, well, actually, I started way before that. Actually, I started um, doing well, just you know, dubbing tapes for APW's fans, you know, for the tape orders. I did that. Um, just did some volunteer work there at APW. Um, just kind of kept my mouth shut, my ears open, and listened to, um, you know, a lot of the boys and learned a lot. Um, Mike Lockwood is the one I met in um, 1996. Uh, Mike Lockwood ended up being Crash Holly. And um, so I met him because I was just online talking to, like, some promoter on the East Coast. And I remember he put a post on, like, the old AOL grandstand message board. I don't know if you remember that. Um, mm-hmm. And he was looking for work. And he on every board, he put his information out there. And I was like, I know a guy. You know, I'm like, you know, just turned 18-year-old kid. And I'm thinking I know everything. So I said, yeah, send me your stuff. I, I have a friend out there on the East Coast. And, you know, he sent me... His videotape and promo pictures and all that stuff, but you know, being an eighteen-year-old kid, I'm also very busy running around town, <laughs> and I never send him out. So one day I get a phone call on my house phone on my landline, and it's this Johnny Pearson, which that was his uh, rest, one of his wrestling names, mm-hmm. and he asked if I sent stuff out. And I said, "Oh man!" I, and he right, right away he knew I was just a young kid, right? Yeah, and he's a young kid too at the time too. He's only twenty-something years old, but um, he was. Uh, and so we just started, we just started rapping and talking, and he invited me out to APW Gym Wars, and 
that's how I got involved in that. And, um, you know, Roland took a liking to me and a couple other guys, and we just kind of started volunteering. And, yeah, I was always talk to Mike after every show. Um, you know, that week we'd talk at least once or twice a week and talk about wrestling, his match, what I thought of it, and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's how I kind of started, and then uh, I did play-by-play or specifically color commentary for APW from like 2003 to 2005 and then I became a manager to the five and then I ended up stop managing when I got hurt my neck in 2008 early 2008 and I came the booker of APW in April 2008 so so the uh, the NorCal Hall of Fame we will induct John LaRocca uh, and when, what date is that? It, just in case anybody no, in the Bay Area wants to go, November thirtieth in Pacheco. So where so, is Pacheco? Uh, this is by Concord, I think. I mean, I haven't really. It's like a, I think it's like an hour over an hour away or something like that from San Jose. An hour away from us in San Jose. I will. Yeah. Uh, I will look that up. Maybe. Uh, maybe for those of us who are, uh, um, who are in the Bay Area, it'd be nice to kind of get a group of people together to go. You know, to go represent. Yeah, Brian. Uh, Brian Rue's coming out. He's, he he messaged me, so that was cool. And um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. I mean, it'll be fun. I guess I'm I'm looking forward to just. I can't announce who's all gonna be there because I haven't announced it yet. But you know, it's gonna be fun hanging with my, with my boys again. And you know, that's that's gonna be, the highlight for me. So, but I appreciate it's, it's a great honor. I appreciate it so, definitely. All right, let's get into the swing of things here. So, next week. Uh, being the go-home week for Survivor Series, we will have, like, a full Survivor Series preview. But <laughs> you know what I realized about this Survivor Series? Is that with the, at least the the um, the five-on-five-on-five five five matches, those are either going to be super long matches or you're going to see a lot of guys taking pins like it's a, like it's a lucha match. <laughs> yeah, it could be pretty... F- quick or also could be long because like don't those shows like over four hours for the big ones so well they do have two of those triple threat elimination mm-hmm. matches so yeah i mean i, I don't well one, one thing we should i mean i'm sure brock and ray's not going along right yeah yeah it'll, so, it'll, it'll be it'll be a a sprint yeah to some extent yeah um yeah i'm curious about the match length too because especially that the five on five on five three way you know that's that's gonna be that should be nuts, and it's be interesting to you see how long they go. But yeah, you know this is like the first pay per view in a long time. I'm actually really excited for <laughs> WWE main roster pay per view. Um, other than some specific matches here and there, this whole pay per view actually there've been some really nice build to it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Have you heard of the Bray Wyatt Daniel Bryan rumored match? Yes, I have. Yeah, and they're going to shoot angle on tomorrow, right? Yeah, and that should be um, super fun, I think. I mean, I don't expect Daniel Bryan to, to win just, that match necessarily, but just uh, as as a match, I think it'll be pretty cool. Well, they had a killer match at the Royal Rumble. It was the opener, I think the year that people thought he was going to win it, and he didn't come back and win it. Um, that Rumble, what that room that, that, that Roman Reigns got booed after they realized Daniel Bryan wasn't coming back to win the Rumble. Uh, but that he, you know, he worked Bray Wyatt in the opener, and it was an awesome match. But it was also a different Bray Wyatt. It's not the Fiend, right? So yeah, um, I'm also hoping, praying, and and hoping they had like long meetings on this to convince Vince cut out the red lights for the Fiend. I know they haven't yet, which is pretty annoying because I just don't think it's a good visual. Um, I understand why they're trying to do something different with him because he's a unique character, but they have to drop those lights. 
you know. Absolutely, absolutely. It's so stupid. Um, okay, so um, like I said, we'll we'll kind of do more of the preview next week when we have the full cards. Um, there, uh, <coughs> there's some stuff from Wednesday that kind of played into it, but I thought there would be more about NXT's involvement in Survivor Series, but most of NXT from um, from from Wednesday, which was yesterday. Was, it was more about building TakeOver, which is totally fine, too. But it's almost like they're trying to do two things at once. And so maybe the, the big push for the Survivor Series stuff is next week. But, you know, they are technically booking two shows at once. So, the, uh, the you know, whatever, whatever was missing from this show hopefully gets added to next show. But um, overall, TakeOver should be a hell of a card, too. I don't know about the overkill with the war games, you know, sort of like they did with Hell in the Cell, where you have like more than one, um, or n- not even Hell in the Cell, uh, but you know, I think the overkill one was when they did two Money in the Banks. Like, I, I do worry about that because War Games is a super special match, and to do two on one show, I I'm sure psychologically they'll be different, but generally, like you and I know, War Games goes by a specific pattern <laughs> and it's uh, it's a very pattern match with the heels getting the advantage and the baby faces making a comeback at least when you do it right and so you know having two of those matches it kind of it kind of uh i don't know it pulls the curtain back a little bit to go okay like this is a, the way that this match works best is to have this certain psychology and I don't know, can they be creative to do it in two different matches and make it different enough but still make it make sense? I think they can. The only thing I think they're counting on is it's going to be different because one's a women, one's a men's war games. I don't understand why WWE has to always have two of something on these theme shows. E- equality, except in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, the only thing <clears throat> I I ever seen it actually work is when they did the the first women's rumble with the men's rumble. I always mm-hmm. I thought that that show was yeah that was really good yeah because they, they kept the women short in that and, and it, it worked out really well it was that was a lot of fun um, I think I think it's I think it's gonna be good because so, uh, takeover I haven't really seen a bad takeover I've seen I, I would say the last takeover was probably. I, I wouldn't say it was a bad show. Agree with you, but it was not up to snuff of their usual shows. And it was really the first time where I thought, like, mm, maybe I didn't really need to watch this show. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I've never been disappointed with their takeovers. It's always must-see TV for me. So I'm I'm holding out those guys. We have a, good, have a big plan for both those matches to make it unique. I think it's going to be crazy. Uh, the women are going to do some crazy stuff, I bet. And then the men's as well. Uh, maybe the men's could be more of a fight. It should be more of a brawl. And then the women could do all the crazy spots off the cage or something. That would be, that'd be different. Uh, I don't know if I want the women to do the crazy spots. You saw what happened in that ladder match. Yeah, yeah, that was scary. That was scary stuff. And surprisingly, she's okay. I mean. Okay, now, now I, I'm going to play slight uh, troll here. Not, not even troll, but <laughs> just um, slight. Um, rabble rouser i will say okay wow because full gear featured omega and moxley in a match that we both were like i i why like i would have rather seen them have like a real like rock versus stone cold kind of brawl match or triple h versus stone cold kind of brawl why did they have to go to the levels that they did 
pulling out the glass or the fake glass, pulling out the, um, you know, the, the barbed wire and then, you know, that barbed wire bed, which probably was, was a little embellished. <laughs> but definitely they wanted you to believe that they were massacring each other in a sadistic way. Now, what actually happened was probably not that bad, but it still was, you know, it's they still had to take mousetraps to the back and stuff like that, right? And that that's not really wrestling to, to me. But when you see sort of the what actually happened, uh, I know Omega had lots of cuts on his back. Moxley actually looked pretty fine, actually. And then you compare it to this ladder match... And to the Cody and Jericho match, like, what actually happened to the wrestlers themselves may have been a little bit tamer in this sadistic, crazy match than this Jericho and Cody match, which was very old-school wrestling because of Cody's accident. And then this ladder match where Mia Yim gets blasted in the face with this ladder and then has to take this ridiculous bump. And I could, you could tell she was really shocked and sort of worried you could that that would that was real her reaction to that and then they kind of had to you know stop the match technically which ruined a little bit of the flow but i get that part but you know there was so much commotion about this moxley and omega thing and i've almost heard nothing about this ladder match problem and i kind of found that a little bit hypocritical from the wrestling fan base and it may be simply because it was the women or maybe it's because of the design of the match wasn't to sort of shock these people. But I found that interesting that, you know, people were outright saying they were going to quit watching AEW. OK, maybe it was just our buddy Paul Fontaine. But <laughs> but, you know, there was not really a, a cry of anything for this ladder match. And me and Yim got blasted right in the face with this ladder. I, I, I mean, I didn't see any controversy with the women's ladder match. I thought it was a little excessive, but I understand why they did it. They're trying to get a hook. They're trying to get... You know, viewers, you know... Essentially the same reason AEW did the Moxley match, right? They're trying to get people to go, holy shit, I missed something. I'm not going to miss that again. Mm -hmm. And I want to see what happened on Wednesday, which worked because they beat NXT pretty clearly in the ratings. I'm not saying it was all because of that, but it did work to that extent to where people wanted to see what happened. Yeah, they got that pay-per-view post-pay-per-view bump, you know, which I expected and... And called last last week, so um, you know I think you know they wanted to they wanted to do a hook and they, you know, with the women in a ladder match, it's never been done in NXT before at least, and um, you know got two attractive women out there on the ladder in this dangerous match. I think they're hoping that would be something that's people are not going to turn away from and watch. I didn't see the ratings break down on that. I just know that I know the ratings the whole show, but not the not for that specific main event. I, I, I haven't seen, I haven't read uh, Big Dave's breakdown on that either. I'm sure that. Uh, Probably the same pattern. The people watch the AEW main event, they kind of tuned in for the, the overrun. I'm sure that's what happened, but they're trying to probably avoid that. So they had to get, you know, they had a gimmick match, a ladder match, and it was in a, it wasn't a good match. The ladder match, honestly, it had a really bad flow. Um, <coughs> took them a long time to even get the ladder in the ring to start climbing, and there's there were you know they they, they took way too long on that. Um, the blood from Mia Yin when she got you know, hitting the ladder in the face. I thought it was <laughs> that was a good thing because then I wanted to see her, like, fire up and be, like, pissed and start going to town on... And when, when she noticed her blood, right? Mm-hmm. But she kind of just didn't, like, 
do anything. She had to move and she went down and sold again or something like that. And I'm like, oh man, you kind of fucked up your comeback. You know, this is the perfect point to look at the crowd and show the blood. I know that I know like the doctor was on her, but after the doctor's done and, and cleans you up a little bit, like get some fire on her, you know? Mm-hmm. And that bump at the end, honestly, I thought I thought the bump at the end was like crazier than anything that Moxley and, and Omega did for some reason. Like, I, it was that, ridiculous. That scared the shit out of me. And like, also, it may have been the way that they originally shot it because you couldn't really see what happened. And then when you mm-hmm. they actually showed the shot, she was sprawled out, so it may have looked a little bit more dangerous. But, but still, but it's funny. But you know, I know, I know. In the first shot, you kind of don't see like she just goes down. You're like, holy cow, what happened? But, like, when they showed all the other different shots, it was still freaking scary to me. Like, I, I was, know. You know, and, and, you know, God bless Mia Yim, and she has a lot of, you know, she has a lot of guts and balls, and and she's okay, thank goodness, from what I understand. So, I mean, it just wasn't overall a good match, unfortunately. You know, a lot of rough spots, and um, i a little upset that next week we're getting another ladder match. With Adam Cole and Dijakovic, right? That's the main event, I believe, uh, for um, advantage in the war games. What, and, what, why can't we just do a coin flip? Well, I, no, actually, I don't like the coin flip. As a, as a traditionalist, as I love war games, one of, this is one of my favorite matches. Especially Wrestle War '92 was is a phenomenal war games match if you ever want to see it. Plus the original '91 and '92 back to back, they had like two great ones in a 90, row. '91 is good, but '92 is great. That's come the, on when 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 uh, Rick Steiner tells uh, uh, <laughs> tells him put me in the figure four. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it, no, I like '91, but I'm telling you, '92 is a great great match. And no, '92 has better overall like workers of that style and i know they always did the coin flip right the heels always win the coin flip yeah that's part of the that's like part of the thing though like but and i want to say 93 i want to say um um cornet when he's booking smoky mountain he had like a like a war games type of match a team one single cage like like this one will be no it's gonna be two cage huh is that gonna do two yeah they will do two cage for for uh nxt and um you know, he had this big, like, I mean, heavy bodies, his group versus the Rock and Roll Express and whoever, right? And early in the night, could have been the Armstrongs, early in the night, they had a singles match for an advantage. And I, and I, remember, I remember seeing that and, like, liking it. Like, that's a good idea for the advantage to have a match. Now the heels can win and, and you know, cheat to win and, and add more heat going in. It's just like coin flip or something that people are always going to expect the heels going to win. So I'm I'm okay with them doing these matches, these these you know, but I don't think they need to be ladder matches. I think they could have just been regular matches. But I understand, you know, they want a hook. But I'm worried about the match next week. The simple fact that you have Adam Cole in it, right? He has to work Takeover on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He has to work Survivor Series on Sunday. He's been working with this 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 wrist injury. Um, so that scares the shit out of me for him. Um, you don't want that guy going on the shelf. There's a lot of guys on the shelf now, and you just don't want to lose him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I'm, I know they'll be smart with it. Smart, probably smarter than the ladies were, but I'm still nervous about that. I think it's a little, a little, a little too dangerous for to do so close to the other two big events. Um, so I agree with you, but. Okay, maybe they don't do the coin flip because it is sort of, uh, you know, it is an indictment of what pro wrestling really is. But do, like, 
if you're going to do a ladder match tonight, mm-hmm. why do the ladder match next week? So I agree with that part. And you could do a, a regular match, or you could do something else, um, you know, with with a tag team or something. It just seems... it's This is what WWE always does, though, is... You know, let's go back to what you said with the Royal Rumble, which was a good a good match. You know, they 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 they're on this equality thing where you know the women and the men have to do the exact same thing. I call bullshit. Uh, now I have to hit the has uh, now now I have to hit the button that that asks if there's any profanity in this podcast, um, <laughs> because I just think it's a lack of creativity. Wait, this is like, a I don't, I, there's a button for that. Well, when oh, when I when great. I upload when I upload the show, it, it's gonna it's gonna ask me if there was any profanity Does in the show. Blue wire like uh, okay is okay with some profanity because you yeah, know I I think they're ju- uh, as long as it's not just profanity, I think I've, they're okay. I've known to say the f word once or twice a show. <laughs> no, we're, we're we're pretty clean. I would say we're pretty clean. Yeah, good, good. Um, but but yeah, so so I agree with you. But again, it's just this lack of creativity. Like they use that as the crutch, which is oh, you know, the men can do it, so. You know, the women should do it as well. But I think it's just a lack of creativity because they're just like, well, why don't we just do this again, if, especially if it works the first time. But whatever. Um, well, I think they're like, also, you can't have a, a women's ladder match for the advantage and not do a men's ladder match for the advantage. I think that's why not. Why not do why not do a men's two out of three falls or a men's hardcore match or a men's lumberjack match? Lumberjack matches suck. So re- remove that one. But why yeah. does it have to be a ladder match? I I don't know. I, they like I said they they wanted the danger. They wanted the the sexiness of the violence of the of the ladder match, and you know that's what I think, that's what I think they were going for. There's that shock value. Hey, people, I want to see a, see a car crash here. You know, I want to see what's going to happen. These people flying off the ladder. So I thought the best match of the entire night for Wednesday was um, Leo Rush and Angel Garza or Angel Garza. Mostly because, like, and, and you know, Leo Rush is fine. Uh, he's he's uh, a little a little annoying sometimes, um, but I really think Garza is somebody. And I'm going to give some credit to uh, to my buddies from the uh, the the KLB, the K Fabulous Lucha Bros. They were, um, I think it was last week, and I, I may have even said something pretty dumb last week of. You know, okay, Leo Rush, Angel Garza, oh, whatever. I see enough three and a half star matches, you know, every day on TV. Big, big whoop. And some of that was I wasn't completely paying close attention to a lot of the work. But so after I watch AEW, my my, my buddy Brandon Draven from the K Fabulous Lucha Bros and uh, Big D, aka Medicinal D, they were both really fired up about this match. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, I will watch it and sort of see what you guys are seeing and that dude is really good i love that guy yeah i'm a big hell garza fan i mean i i think he's a future superstar and this match was this, this is also my favorite match of the night too um it was the crowd wasn't going insane they're totally invested in this match i think leo rush at nxt is the perfect place for him i think <laughs> main roster probably not for a while um I don't think he, you know Vince sees much of him, but I think Triple H does and protects him here, and he's he's he he's winning me over. I mean, I, th- I thought he looked good, and 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 his stuff look his stuff looked great. You know, yes, this is a perfect spot for him in NXT, and I like what they're doing. But and Hell Garza, my gosh, man, this guy has so much charisma. Um, they could probably flush out his character just a little bit with stuff, man. Maybe get he definitely needs some vignettes or promos. 
And but I I I, I bit that near fall with his finisher that angel clip order he does. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh shit, they're putting the belt. I'm cool. And then they kicked out. But um, yeah, that was my definitely. You know, you know why I knew he was kicking out because of his eyes. Why can't people just close their eyes when they kick out? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I never really noticed that, but then I started noticing Flair does that too. <laughs> Some of the old matches and stuff. And... Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's always kind of the glance up to the referee. Mm-hmm. You know who doesn't do that? Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's no. who doesn't do that. Yeah. The man. Um, so, uh, so otherwise, um, NXT was fun again, you know, normally all, uh, a good show, pretty consistent in, in, in the quality of the wrestling as well. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm interested in, in the storylines right now, though I'm a little disappointed because WWE had such great success last week with AJ Styles coming over with the OC and they almost beat AEW in the ratings. And AEW, I watch AEW first. AEW was a bit of a, uh, I guess I would call a, a show where they finally just kind of slowed some stuff down, and they did more interviews. They had a long interview segment with MJF and Chris Jericho, and they did a few more, you know, video stuff. So I thought, okay, they're not really so worried about quarter hours this, quarter hours that. They're really investing into the storytelling, and so I thought, huh. NXT might have another good opportunity to get close, but there was no promotion of any crossover stars at all. I mean, I know, you know, there was the thing at the end, but that wasn't promoted in any way. And so when I saw when I saw that happen, I go, oh, now I'm pretty sure AEW is probably winning this thing because, you know, I think I think people watching that NXT show are obviously super hyped up WWE fans. And they're probably a little disappointed to not see who was, you know, who's next to come in and, you know, who's, you know, who who's next to come in and be on my favorite show, my NXT show. I can't wait to see, you know, someone come to my NXT show and no, and it didn't really happen. Yeah, they went the mystery route. They 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 decided to let's do some mystery to get people to kind of keep tuning in, or maybe, you know, we'll stay to watch to see who is beating these girls up, and then you know, of course it ends up being Bailey at the end, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool, but uh, yeah, obviously didn't hook them mom, as mom haircut Bailey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the hell. Well, she's a heel now. She didn't want to be pigtail uh, Bailey. She doesn't. She doesn't have to look like Janet from Three's Company, <laughs> Bailey. Yeah, it's a it's a fun it's a funky look for her. Definitely, I agree with that. Um, so AEW coming off of their first pay per view on uh off of TV. Now, what's interesting is, and uh, Big Dave reported this in the Observer that just came out today. But it doesn't look like TV really helped with the buy rate. In fact, the uh, the buy rate was probably fairly close and maybe even slightly down from All Out, which hmm. happened in August without TV. And that that actually made me uh, super intrigued because I thought, okay, with TV, they do 50% more buys, which would have put them up to combined maybe 150. But it looks like they're kind of back doing what they did last time, 100 or just under 100. And uh, our buddy from the Facebook uh, group, uh, Wade, Wade said specifically, he's like, look, like, you know, the TV, all that TV means is that, you know, you have great TV shows. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's great marketing for a pay-per-view because you just, you know, we get to see 
you know, whatever it is, 24 hours of television in the three months that it takes to have another pay-per-view, why are we then so drastic to want to watch another four hours of, of TV? And I think that made a lot of sense. But the other thing is, is that at $50 a pop, it's a little bit of a hard sell. Because if you think of what WWE, how they changed the market, they basically said a pay-per-view is worth $10 now. And so AEW is still trying to sell it at the old $50 mark. And for wrestling fans who are so used to paying $10 here for the WWE Network, you know, whatever they paid for the ROH Network, I don't, I don't imagine a lot of people have the, the Impact Global <laughs> Network or whatever that is. But, you know, if you want to watch OTT, you got to pay 10 bucks. If you want to watch New Japan, you got to pay nine and a half bucks. If you want to watch the independent wrestling channel, you got to pay 10 bucks. So on top of all of this money that these wrestling fans are spending to then ask them to spend another 50 bucks to watch a pay-per-view, there could be an issue with that business model. And, uh, and, and that, that was interesting to me. So that, that told me something, that they did not increase their, their buys at all from having uh, whatever it is, five or six weeks of TV. You think the price point's going to change the next pay-per-view? I don't think you can. Because I know, if you, you can. It, if you change it, then you're telling your, your customers that they're getting less value. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. That's a good point about the, about the, 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 the price for the pay-per-view. You know, like I said, we're <laughs> 10 bucks now for Smart Survivor Series, right? Horrible yep. WrestleMania, so why yeah, why pay fifty bucks and and lot, honestly a lot of these young kids out there you know the, the you know AEW does skew younger right the you know the eighteen to thirty four those kids know how to get pay per view for free right oh yeah they know all those sites whatever they are you know you know they they know more than me about stuff like that I I, I I'm an idiot I don't I don't do those kind of craziness but. But you know these guys are all watching stuff for free. You know I see I see it all all the time on my Facebook page. Got the got the USC and Canelo fight up. No problem. Like jeez. <laughs> so that I think that has something to do with it too. Um, you know you're getting uh you know all these big matches every week, right? On a free TV. You know you could probably skip the pay per view and just get the recap of what happened. I mean they'll probably have the same match again on TV the next week. <laughs> You know, so but there's a lot of factors that go into it. I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen with the rating next week for AEW. I'm interested in what's going to happen on next buy rate for pay per view next time. That'll be that'll be interesting. That'll be some a big measure to look at. Okay, so I'm only basing this off of the Observer because this is what Dave wrote, but he said that according to DAZN, the KSI and Logan Paul fight did more for their business than the Canelo-Kovalev fight. <laughs> so that could have very well taken a chunk out of viewers to watch the uh, the AEW show. I don't know how much crossover there is in, in both of those fan bases. Um, but the other thing is, is there was a huge college football game that was like four and a half hours long or four hours or whatever. So if you just watch four hours of college football, then are you going to watch four hours of AEW right after? I don't know. But... I think I think that's something to look at, and you know, TV is so important these days. But it may be even more important. I think it is more important as a source of revenue than it is as a source of marketing for your content or for your brand. Because I, and I, you know, that Cody 
promo, right? Like if you were to if you were to say what should be on a go home show, that Cody promo was it, right? That's the blueprint for the go home show, and it still didn't really work as well as you would have thought. And did it even sell the building? Because they they sell at that pay per view. No, but they had like eight eight thousand people yeah, there or whatever. No. So it was yeah, it was a good it was a good crowd, but I don't I don't think they sold it out. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Well, like I said, it's a, there's some you know, is AEW still fresh and new, and there's still a lot of stuff, a lot of measuring sticks to go. And then the next week's going to be big. We're going to find out if they gain from this bump or is they just back down to eight hundred thousand range. And and same thing with NXT, like how they're going to do, you know? Okay, so. Uh, Thoughts on the MJF promo, and I, I will say this before you get your thoughts in. When I'm watching that promo and watching how good MJF is, my first thought is, I think they did the turn too early. As good as MJF was, as good as Jericho was, as good as Cody was, I was like, man, there was so many more layers to this story that they could have told on TV had they waited six more months. Oh yeah, they. I mean, I talked about it last week. They, I thought they jumped a gun on it. Um, yeah, I thought the promo was great. I thought it was good to have Jericho out there with him because Jericho didn't take anything away from him. You know, MJF was you know right there with him when it came to Mike skills and shining and you know commanding that audience. He is the yeah like the modern day Roddy Piper. Right? You know, he's the best on the mic right now. He could, he might be promo you know of the year. You know. So um, he yeah he's he's fantastic and I'm looking forward to his program with Cody. You know it's going to be really good. Cody's stuff is always really good. He's going to make sure it's really good. So and and give get all the cool stuff in and build up to it. I like what they did. I like Cody running out and trying to attack him. And but yeah, it was definitely way 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 too early. Now granted, like if if you're an AEW hardcore fan and you've been watching it from the beginning, you're like, no man, this has been building up for months and months and months. But like a lot of these. I mean, you gotta think about the casual audience who's watching this now. Like they're not watching being the elite, right? They're not watching countdown to AEW. You know, they're just tuning in on Wednesdays. You know, so the, for those audience, you have to you kind of had to kind of kick back. I know you want to pull the trigger, but go with a couple more months with it. Uh, you know, at least another month of just and because MGF like rarely had any mic time on the show until now. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think they, they were could, yeah, it's like they were saving them. Yeah, and. You know, like I said, they're all new. I mean, they're all, <laughs> you know, they've never booked the company before. They've never, this is all new. Everyone's learning. Tony Khan down, you know. So, you know, the, 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 the fun part is seeing if they can find their way. And I would say that this was probably one of my favorite AEW shows since they started. I thought it had a good flow, personally. Um, never dragged. Nothing was too offensive. Um, nothing that made me go... You know, F word this, F word that, like last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that did just drive me insane. There was one thing that just gets like in the midst of this brawl in the back with El- uh, Pride and Powerful or, you know, Ortiz and Santana and the Young Bucks. They had to do a, a funny spot with Orange Cassidy. I just thought that was <laughs> like unneeded. Like, you just need, you don't need to throw that dude. In this moment, right? And I also thought the brawl went a little too long. It took away from the main event, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, the, the Marco Stunt stuff didn't really offend me that much this week. It was a little different. Um, I thought they laid out that match overall pretty well. If I was uh, the dark web, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't cover Marco and have him kick out. I would just beat the shit out of him, beat the shit out of him, make his little comebacks. 
But like when once you cover him, he kicks out. Then it just then like it's bullshit, right? Okay, my favorite part of that match. Marco Stunt does not have to duck under the leapfrog. <laughs> really, my favorite, my real favorite part of that match is just that pop that Jungle Boy got when he did the hot tag. Holy shit! Yeah, that no. dude, that dude was over, and, and it was almost like the crowd knew. There was like, man, we haven't seen Jungle Boy in a while. Oh, there he is. We're ready to, we're ready to go crazy for him. He's just got whatever that it factor is. He's got it, and you know. I just hope that they can continue to book him in a smart way so that it ascends and mm-hmm. he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't, people don't get tired of him or whatever. But now it looks like Luchasaurus is back for what it's worth. Maybe he's not back in a wrestling capacity, but he's definitely back with the team. So um, I think, you know, obviously Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are a much better team than Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt's much better as like the little pesky Spike Dudley of the group. But uh, I really, you know, I, I, I'm ready for the long ride for Jungle Boy Jack Perry to become a star and then a single star in two and a half years. And then, you know, in the main event in three years, like I'm I like that's like, you know, when you think about stuff where, um, you know, you think about getting in on like early on guys, right? Like, like when we were watching WWE, like we we saw just about everything The Rock did, and you could sort of see just the ascent. And you're like, oh, like this is different, and he's gonna get over in a different way, and I can't wait to see it. Like you sense that, and the same thing with Jungle Boy. Like we're gonna be able to see every week. And because they don't wrestle, they don't have house shows, we're going to be able to see every stinking match that he ever has with this company. And we're going to see every step by step by step by step by step until he finally, you know, God willing, makes it into that that main event status. I, this is just going to be so fun. Like, that's maybe my favorite part of AEW is just being able to watch that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't definitely rush him either into the main event. Definitely he needs a... F- Win the tag team titles somewhere down the line with Luchasaurus, had that little run, and you know eventually break out to a singles. I'm I worry about his promos. He doesn't really do them. Um, I th- he's not supposed to speak. He can't. The judge, the Tarzan can't speak English, man. I know, but hey, <laughs> this is pro wrestling, and the money guys have to talk. They do. They do. Hey, man, his dad was a great talker. I know he's got it in him. I think so too. I just think he needs to get the opportunity to talk, and and you know, like acting like a little jungle boy is cute for right now. But like when it comes to the main event. It's it's you know you definitely have to evolve, but like all guys evolve, they they should at least, and I think he's he's on the right track right now. So um, I think uh, I think one like one of the things that I'm also really interested in 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 him is sort of like you know the the ascent for sure, but the uh, the maturity from. You know, and JR foreshadows this, right? The maturity from Jungle Boy to actually Jack Perry. Like, when he when that actually happens, and, you know, maybe, maybe he'll sort of be still slightly Jungle Boy or whatever. But just the, the idea that at some point, like, he goes away from his early rookie wrestling character and then becomes you know, a serious, serious guy like that, that, that I, I'm like anticipating that too. That's going to be so fun. 
Yeah, he's going to have to probably do something where, you know, he beats the guy in a singles match or a tag match that leads to a title shot, just like how they did with this week with uh, Scorpio Sky beating Jericho in the tag match. I thought that was really good. And and now we're probably going to get, a, what, a title match soon, maybe maybe next week or the week after with those two. And and that should be a big match I'm looking forward to. Scorpio Sky, I think he's really talented. He's one of my favorites to watch in AEW. And, um, yeah, are you pretty pumped about that match or – yeah, that'll be great. Like, I think uh, Scorpio Sky, if you were to say who has maximized their TV time the most, I think maybe it's um, Darby Allen, possibly, mm-hmm. though he wasn't on the pay-per-view. Dude, um, I, I was excited to see this guy. I was yeah, like, oh, absolutely. thank goodness they put him on TV. Like, I was going to lose my shit if he wasn't on TV. <laughs> and then I see that because I saw... Um, uh, you know, Peter Avalon came out, the librarian. I'm like, oh, man. You know, I mean, I like Peter Avalon's person. I'm just saying, like, the gimmick is just not working. You know, Sean Spears comes out. His gimmick's not really working either, in my opinion. And I'm just like, oh, something. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Darby Allen can beat Peter Avalon. It makes, you know, perfect sense here. So I dug that. And, and Darby had looked great. But, yeah, you know, Scorpio Sky, Jericho, I just hope they give him some minutes on TV. Like yeah, and then the other guy would be Scorpio Sky, I think, who has maximized his TV time as far as someone who we know that he's he's cool, we know that he's uh, a part of an entertaining team, but maybe not a lot of people know uh, how good of a wrestler he is, and now he he's been able to show that, and uh, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I th- I thought that booking was so good. And I know that Scorpio Sky, you know, this is the great thing about Jericho too, right? Because Jericho's made his money. He's a, he's a, you know, he's got a band. He understands his role. And not to say that, you know, he's going to just lie, you know, be a a doormat for anybody. But he's also secure in his standing. And so when he does what he does, which is allow Scorpio Sky to look like a million bucks and pinning him and doing everything perfectly. Like, I just look at that guy and I'm like, I'm so thankful that you're in AEW right now because he does, he's, he's just, he hits, he hits, you know, he, he barrels up on everything that he does. And it's just, it's just great to see someone who is already a made man and his entire goal is to try and uh, be a good champion, but also to give back and, and to help get other people over. It's 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 been great to watch. I mean, it's just it's just simple classic booking. I mean, Flair did the same thing, right? He would lose in tag matches to build up contenders, and you know, Jericho knows his role. He knows who he is. He's he knows that he's that classic heel world champion, and and this is a perfect opportunity. Then there's tag match. Scorpio Sky gets a win. But now they have to execute the match, the singles match. I think their singles match is going to be great, but they need to give some of these guys some time to really tell a story. I was pretty disappointed, and like as I'm, you know, I'm fast forwarding to the commercial. I'm like, holy shit, this is like running out of time for this mm-hmm. main event. And then there's the big entrances for, you know, SCU has their own entrance, even though it's during the break. But still, I'm fast forwarding. I'm fast forwarding, right? And then Sam McVar comes out for his entrance. Now Jagger comes out for his entrance. Now the ring announcer, Justin Roberts, is doing the uh, in-ring intros. And I'm like, man, I think they only had like, I don't know, maybe 11 to 12 minutes of actually, you know, in-ring, you know, bell-to-bell stuff. And like Scorpio Sky, to build a guy, to make a guy, to make a future star as a single star, like, they're going to have to go 20 minutes in the main event at the minimum. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, you need to tell a story where he's fighting back, making a comeback. He's about to win and all that stuff. But if you do it in 10 to 12 minutes, it's, it, it won't have the impact. So I'm hoping they learn from this show and they finally do this match and they give him more time. But you do. I mean, but, you know, the gimmick, right, is at some point they're going to run out of TV time and the match is still going to go on. Yeah, but they're showing on YouTube. That's what they said. <laughs> you, yeah, YouTube, YouTube or Twitter or whatever. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. No, no. I, I wouldn't mind them, like, once every six months having a five-minute overrun, though. Yeah, yeah, when it, when, it, when it means something. Definitely, definitely. And and, and look, I, you know, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite here because I say that I hate the NXT overrun, but that's just because it's every week. And I've already just watched two hours of wrestling. I don't need to watch two hours and ten minutes of wrestling more. I know they're in a wrestling war, whatever. This is what they do. But if you do it, like, as a special thing, and, you know, and it's once every great while, fine. Like, if it, if it makes sense and you, you get excited for it, like, the show's been good, and you're like, hell yeah, I want an extra five minutes. I'm, you know, that makes sense to me. I'm, but, uh, yeah, I just, I just, it just when it, when it becomes the norm, I I'm not a big fan. I'm curious about uh, AEW Dark this week. I mean, next week, next Tuesday. Just because I want to see the Young Bucks versus the Strong Hearts, mm-hmm. which I believe is Seema and T-Hawk. I don't remember. Any, hey, I'm pretty sure that's who it was. And I'm just like, my mind's blown that T-Hawk... <laughs> is on AEW Dark. Like, this guy is a future star. He's a future main eventer when they need main eventers. So, I think he should be protected more. I, don't think be, I, I wouldn't even show this match on AEW Dark. I would make it a really a dark match and not show him losing. I don't know if Seema lost or what, but either way, I know he lost in that eight-man tag on Dark like a few weeks ago, and I thought that was like, oh my god, how can you beat this guy? Like, he, you know, I know he doesn't speak English, but he has a great look. He has a presence. Um, he he's someone that you can have come out and squash people for weeks and build up to finally you know going against Adam Page or etc. You know the top guys and and build up. So because they they definitely freshen the main event up. I think eventually they're going to run out of this like you know group and we'll see what they can do. Hopefully they can put a Darby Allen in there, which I think they will, and hopefully the Jungle Boy eventually down the line and. I want to see if they can execute that because that's that's that's, that's going to be a big thing I'm I'm looking for in 2020 with AEW. I wish AEW Dark was uh, instead of wrestling matches. I wish it was like maybe one wrestling match and like interviews and video packages. Yeah, Fallout from uh, Le- leading leading to the main event, which is a, a really cool match that that is worth waiting for to sit through those video packages and interviews. Yeah, it could be like 45 minutes and it can be like, um, you know, a recap of Dynamite, post-match stuff, stuff you don't see, like you didn't see on a TV show, so now you're getting all the backstage, the post stuff. Maybe there's a there's a clip of Janela and Spears brawling more as they left, right? Maybe you see Spears tears his calf or whatever, whatever he oh, did. Oh, is that, is that what happened? I don't know. Something He did something to his leg, I think. Because uh, he, he pulled out of APW, right? Yeah, yeah. He got he got injured legit. I don't know what, when it happened exactly, but I'm guessing it did happen at that at that, at that that match or something. So, um, But yeah, so, so we'll see we'll see what happens with him and how long he's out for. I hope he's not out too long because I, you know, I know they're trying to do this program between Janela and Spears still, but maybe they'll now they'll put now maybe this will be an opportunity for Kip Saban to step up and 
they can kind of get that thing going if Janela really wants to work with this guy. You know, I will say, I was pretty meh on the 10 guy, Ty Dillinger. <laughs> I really like this Sean Spears character. I, I just, I, for whatever reason, I just, I feel like he is a representation of something that that I can get behind, which is uh sort you know we have a lot of this uh this wrestling style that you know for for you and I or maybe maybe just me I, I don't know about about you I'm not going to speak for you but you know I I I can take some of it but when there's so much of it I get really bored of it that 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 you know really hard hardcore style but um having the hardcore or the anti-hardcore guy as kind of the heel to me, makes him the babyface. Like to me, <laughs> Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard are like the best babyfaces on the whole show, as long as they get to beat up Joey Janela. And I'm like, I'm in. These these are my guys. But isn't his gimmick like he's anti garbage wrestling? But he's the one that uses the chair and and pile drives people on the concrete. That's fine, but he doesn't need thumbtacks. No, but I, I think it, the gimmick works. But I don't think it for me. I thought working with Sean Spears, me personally, I think it's okay. It's a good mid card thing. Um, but like, I think like you see, you have a guy like Thatcher who's like, you know, the, the best technical wrestler in the world, right? And that's all. That's what that's his style. He's he's known for that. And then he has to, you know, say he's a champion. He's a world champion, and you got this hardcore guy like a, like a Mick Foley coming up. And he doesn't want to wrestle him. Like I don't even want to be in the same ring with you. You know, like you, you know, I'm, you know, you you just you're not even that good. You're not, you know, you can't do, you know, you can't compete with me. You can't last with me. And then they end up building to a match where you know Thatcher has to wrestle a hardcore match with a guy like a Mick Foley, and and that's when I think it would work. But Sean Spears, I don't feel like he's like he's this ultimate like anti like he needs to do more of that gimmick he can't just come out with a shirt like it needs to be he, he then this needs vignettes right yeah totally blanche needs to be talking more for him he needs to be talking yeah as well. we, we don't we don't really know why he's the anti-garbage guy yeah yeah it's just he's wearing a shirt you know but so i mean yeah, they're learning right so it's it's a they've they'll i like that they give us a squash match with nyla rose i thought that was cool you know Maybe a little too too long for a squash, but you know, it, was, it was good. Uh, I, I mean, uh, but I, I agree with exactly what you said, which is that they don't they don't uh, actually. I'll, I'll add to what you said, which is they only have two hours, and they are trying to find a way to maximize those two hours. Mm-hmm. So that's why I mentioned the AEW Dark thing is I would actually watch that show if they were telling me all of the things that. I want to be told, and then they give me one good match versus two kind of whatever matches into leading into a main event. Yeah, I remember the ECW old ECW TV when the Pulp Fiction segment would come on for like whatever that that link that song is, and they would have these you know interviews and some goofy moments and fun stuff, but then there'd be some serious stuff in there. Like that's what Dark should be. It should be a little bit of that with a mat. A match and more for the personality stuff too that they can they can use for people to check out. So, is there anything else on either of the Wednesday night shows that you wanted to bring up? No, um, I thought Nakazawa versus Moxley. Oh, dude, when he pulled out that <laughs> baby, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I liked I, I like the idea behind it. You know, I don't think he needed to do that. 
to show that, but you know, he's serious. But I thought that was, I thought that was fine. I was, I, I was like hoping, like when he brought out the baby, boy, I rolled my eyes. I'm like, he better throw that away and just be serious about this. And oh yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I like that, and um, I thought Moxie had a better promo this show. I thought they he did a better job. He still moves around too much for me, but um, he, I thought this this promo was good. I, and is he positioned as the Stone Cold? Right? Is that where he's just he's he's on his own island? Right? He's his own thing. I guess. So he, what's next for him? Oh, Darby Allen. But like it's next week. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. They didn't announce another pay per view. Yeah. We we think it's probably in February. Yeah. But there's you know there's there they haven't said yet. So well, it could whatever. be it could be match one of a program too. Like it's not. And, you know. and and we don't even know who the number one contender is. Uh, so you know, what Thursday? At, or Friday? Yeah, Friday, I oh. guess. But but is it? Um, you know, is it the Cowboy, or is it Pack? Are they two and one? Are they two and two? Does it matter? Was that match for the number one contendership? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't they tell us that? You know, this this match could determine the number one contendership or whatever. Like, I, I don't like saying, "Oh, we'll wait till Friday." It's like no, like if if the Minnesota Vikings are playing, you know the the Chicago Bears, all the whole week people know exactly what happens from a record standpoint if one team wins and one team loses. So you create this anticipation of like, oh man, if 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 uh, if the Cowboy wins, he's the number one contender. But if Pack wins, he's got to win two more times and then he's the number one contender. But, like fans want to do stuff like that, yeah. but they don't. But they, you know, they. They don't tease it in that way. But technically, Scorpio Sky just beat Chris Jericho, who lost for the very first time. So is he the number one contender now? And and that throws uh, a wrench into these wins and losses stuff as well, because he should get the number one. He should get the title match. But they said that, you know, there's going to be a number one contender. So what does that mean? That Scorpio Sky just gets to face him, but he's not the number one contender. So, oh, like, I don't know. It's a non-title match because he's not ranked. Even though he did beat the champion, he gets an opportunity against him, and then he beats Jericho again in a non-title, thus building up a, a title match in two weeks. Like, cause I, I would like that you have promos between you know the title matches, not to rush back with it another week. But maybe you do that, and then he beats Jericho twice. He has two wins over the champion. Yeah, and, and, then, and then and then they should they can explain that. That's why he deserves yeah, it. If if you pin the champ, you get the shoots and ladders all the way to the the, mm-hmm. the front of the line, and that would make sense to me. But they don't they haven't explained any of that. And stuff I, I don't remember Ross or Vani or even Excalibur even mentioning that during the. They might have though. I have to watch it again, you know. But um, but yeah, that that's definitely something they could talk. They should talk about. For sure, yeah, and, clar- yeah, and clarify yeah. for the fans. Okay, so um, that's it with uh, with wrestling stuff. Um, there's not like uh, you know we've had such a crazy boxing schedule these last few weeks, and there's not a lot this week. It's actually a pretty light. It's pretty. Uh, they, they do have fights. You know, ESPN Plus and DAZN does have fights this week, but nothing that uh, any anybody but the hard hardest of the hardcore would really be interested in. But instead, what I wanted to do. So I wanted to kind of bring up the the main fights for the rest of the year. So uh, next weekend, and our, our our buddy Danny Acosta has already hit me up asking me <laughs> if uh, if I'm going to go, which is uh, Deontay Wilder against Luis Ortiz, which is the uh, the sh- the pay per view on Fox. And if um, if the movie theaters show this, 
I may acquiesce so I can hang out with Danny and, and watch this, though not too happy having to go and, 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 and pay for another big boxing match when I just watched Canelo and Kovalev for 10 bucks Or not even 10 bucks because I paid for the full year with DAZN, and so it came out to like 8 bucks or whatever. And so now I'm going to pay, you know... 25 bucks for a movie ticket to go to go watch it which is better than having to pay for the whole pay-per-view but um you know well i think i think i'll probably try to do that if i can and then on december 7th is the rematch to andy ruiz jr and anthony joshua um and that is uh during the day because i think it's in saudi arabia i mean i know it's in saudi arabia but i think that means it's during the day rather than in the evening sort of like how the wwe show starts at like 10 a.m so that'll be on like a saturday during the day and then the following week is terrence crawford he's got a title defense not not a not a big fight just a mandatory title defense for him and then uh, the following week after that is supposed to be a Daniel Jacobs and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fight. They orig- I forget where they were originally going to do it, but basically uh, Chavez Jr. ran away from a drug test. <laughs> and so rather than force him to face the, uh, the doctors or the, the people taking the sample... Uh, it looks like Eddie Hearn tried to find a state which would not drug test him, I think, or something. So that's why they chose Phoenix, Arizona, of all places, to hold a prize fight. I, I don't, I don't, can't remember when the last time uh, a major prize fight was in the state of Arizona, but that is going to be on the twentieth, and uh, and those are kind of the the, the big ones uh, to end the year. So even you know, boxing has had a pretty nice. Q4 and you know one thing I wanted to bring up and, and I, I actually I sort of mentioned it which is the KSI and Logan Paul fight doing such business for DAZN is how do they build off of that and do they do more stuff like that like can you create more KSI versus Logan Paul kind of fights um, I mean, you know, yeah. who, who's the people that are going to do that that's the thing right. we're going to get for that right and I don't know maybe you know maybe it's uh um, you know who who mentioned that they want that they wanted to fight? Someone mentioned that they wanted to fight Canelo recently. Oh, it was Jorge Masvidal, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Like, I mean, that's not going to happen. Obviously, he's under contract to Dana White. Dana White's not going to let uh, you know Golden Boy get a piece of his boy Masvidal after he had the biggest win of his career. But I do wonder if you know folks who are outside of their contract, like let's say Nick Diaz. Like, I don't know if Nick Diaz is ever going to have an MMA match again, but maybe he wants to have a boxing match. Do you, if you're DAZN, do you try and get Nick Diaz to uh, have a fight on, on your network as like this kind of like different thing? Because, you know, you're trying, you're experimenting. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but so far so good. I've been happy with DAZN because there's just, it's just the place to go watch fights, you know, add, add DAZN and ESPN plus up and, it's like, man, like you know, you can watch any, you can watch just about everything you possibly want to watch. Does the zone put the replay up right away? Yes, it's not even the replay. You could actually just rewind back on the on the live feed. Oh, okay, that, that's that's cool because I remember being really upset that one, you know, one time when I got the AEW show and I had to wait because I, you know, I couldn't watch it that night, I, and I was trying to watch it late at night. 
when it was over and, and on VR Live, I had to wait till the next morning to watch it. And I thought that was that was just horse poop and uh, <laughs> trying to keep it clean. And um, so I mean, that's good to hear. So that's 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 good for that's good to know for future. I get excited for these boxing. I wish I had time to watch these fights. I wish I can go with you guys. Maybe on it's the twenty third. Maybe on the twenty third. Well, 23rd. it's because you, you you keep watching like nineteen eighty five like AWA shows. That's why. No, not AWA shows. <laughs> I did watch the the show of the last after the last battle Atlanta on on the W Network. It was it was a fun show. All right. So from MMA standpoint, just to schedule this weekend, there's actually a show today. In Tel Aviv, Sergey Karatanov and Linton Vassal and Roger Huerta. Actually, this show already happened. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking at the results. results. <laughs> Roger Huerta? <laughs> yeah, Roger Huerta, uh, unani- un- unanimous decision, beats a guy by the name of Sydney Outlaw. Sergey Karatanov uh, knocked out Linton Vassal in uh, round two. Um, those are pretty much the name fighters on this show. But I guess it's going to be broadcast on. Uh, pay, uh, I'm not sure. I think on Paramount on. Oh, on, it's Bellator. On Did you say But Bellator. Yeah, yeah. I was say wait. No, yeah. Uh, I think it's on Paramount. Yeah, yeah. On Friday, so on a delay. Yeah, I probably won't watch it. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why? I mean, it's it's Nothing. you know, it, it's it's not must see no. MMA or anything. Isn't there like um, a Rafael Dos Anos fine sometimes? Soon? So yeah, so well, so uh, for the UFC this weekend, um, uh, 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 Blakovich against uh, Jacare Souza is the main event in Sao Paulo, and so that is on Saturday in the afternoon, early afternoon. So uh, that show should be over fairly early for folks. Um, uh, Shogun Hua versus Paul Craig, Charles Oliveira, Jared Gordon. Um, just kind of glancing down the card. Shogun. God, how old? Gosh. Well, uh, you know. Also, how old is Francisco Trinaldo? <laughs> was he like a hundred? <laughs> is Casey I mean, T on this card? Warley Alves from uh, from one of the Tough Enoughs is on it. Wow. But uh, but yeah, so so that is on Saturday for you folks. You know, like our our buddies uh, Ryan Frederick and and Paul Fontaine and Jason Hagholm who are generally watching all this stuff. I I I will not watch this show. Not not because I don't love MMA, but just because I have other stuff going on. But so that is your MMA and your boxing report. There, there's no pro wrestling, really. I mean, there's pro wrestling, but no like really big shows this weekend. So if you are a, a pro wrestling fan only, you kind of have the weekend off. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do this weekend. Well, family stuff, I'm sure, but, you know, somewhere to escape. <laughs> so 93 Raw, we're about ready to get into this. This is actually... The, the show in of itself has some stuff going on, but it is that, like like that's the show isn't the news of this week. There's so much going on in WWE at this point. Uh, and, and, and I'll you know, I'll mention it as we go through the show, because it's, it's a really crazy week for WWE. Uh, this show is for November 15th, 1983. And uh, one of the main pieces of business right away is as the recap of the Savage and Crush thing that happened that we talked about previously, is uh, Savage is barred from doing commentary by Jack Tunney. That makes sense. 
Yeah, absolutely. He's he's uh, he's a menace uh, from that booth because in his contract he's not supposed to attack people. He's not supposed to get in the rings. Not supposed to get involved, and he did. And now he can just focus on being a wrestler. And I and I what I wonder here is, you know, obviously Savage, um, you know, in uh, what would have been ninety two when he uh, did sort of retire for a little while, it was to raise a family, right? Like, he and Elizabeth wanted to get pregnant. And then in 93, Vince is kind of starting to phase out some of uh, some of the guys. And, you know, Savage has a pretty sweet deal doing commentary. And there was dis- there was talk, at least. I don't think this ever happened about, you know, him becoming part of the booking team and, and maybe moving. But I, I, re- I wonder, like, at, at what point... Are he and Elizabeth still together, or is this the part of his career where he and Elizabeth are separating? Because obviously he gets back into the ring in '94, and uh, and and you know is a big part of WrestleMania 10. Yeah, I think they're already done by then because they had the big, the stuff in the WrestleMania right time with Hogan and all that drama supposedly, and and um, I know that was a myth about Savage punching Hogan, but you know all that stuff. You know, I think I think he was kind of done in, around that time with Elizabeth. So, you know, it's good. It's good. I, I actually I remember I, I remember this few, but I don't remember liking it as much as I, I am now. I'm, I'm kind of digging what they're doing right now with this feud and looking forward to another match at WrestleMania 10. That ends up being like kind of a, a letdown for sure. Well, I mean, I know Crush is not that good, the, and the rules in of itself yeah, are kind of wonky. Yeah. So they, we get Pierre versus Lex on this show, and which was WWE at its utmost sleaziness, getting fans to pay a dollar to vote for Lex, even though it's pretty clear that, that they want Lex in this match. Um, also, uh, and, and uh, Razor versus Razor's on the show. He's good. He opens up against the Brooklyn Brawler. And it's, it's so weird because Vince just in passing goes... Um, also, President Jack Tunney has announced that Shawn Michaels is reinstated, and uh, he's going to replace Jerry Lawler at Survivor Series because Jerry Lawler has legal problems. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. Not explain. Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler is the hottest feud in the company, and they completely move on, which that, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what he could exactly say. Well, he's not going to say what Lawler's in trouble for and what the issue is, legal issue is. He can't say that on TV. No way. But it is interesting that when they get to the Survivor Series report, the only match they don't talk about is the Bret Hart match. Yes. And they also... Uh, and how silly was Shawn Michaels and his knights, too? <laughs> That's just like, I know. Uh, this, this show, I they can't wait to, they I can't have have to watch scra- it. They should have scrapped the whole knights thing. Uh, but then again, then they, they would gonna... have had to... Yeah, who, who would they have Shawn Michaels' team with? Yeah, yeah. They, their roster wasn't as deep then. Um um, I, I remember that this show. I can't, kind of can't wait to rewatch it, but I know it's not the best for my. Yeah. Idea. But the Brooklyn right. Brawl and Razor Moe is pretty good. Yeah, that was fun. Razor wins at the Razor's Edge, um, and you know he looks like a star in this match for sure. He looks like he's like a t- uh, uh, someone on the ascent, you know, a future top guy. But I know that when Michaels comes back, he comes back with the original Intercontinental Championship, mm-hmm. so they are leading to that direction, uh, which they eventually settle at WrestleMania, featuring, you know, the 
the very uh, famous uh, ladder match the only, for that belt. The only thing I don't like about this match is when the finish when Broken Broad ducks down for a backdrop, but then Razor Ramon just puts his head between his legs, and but then he like stops and poses with his arms out, and like so we just have to like believe that. Brooklyn Brawler just can't pop his head out <laughs> and do something else. I thought that was kind of goofy. But overall, I thought the match was uh, pretty solid. You know, Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Brawler, is you know, really good, you know, really good hand. And they had a fun little match. Uh, Crush does an interview. He's not a good interview, which does hurt the angle slightly because Savage is so good and is so into it you know he his he's just so intense and it comes across as like legit and then you get crush and he doesn't do as good of a job um so they start teasing the survivor series showdown between brett and yoko as the main event now here's what's interesting is i don't remember what's on the survivor series showdown do you no it's been a while and i don't think it's on the network at all okay so I'm kind of wondering if they even aired this show at all, and we'll we'll, we'll sort of see because the show was taped like um, I want to say like a week before this RAW, or a few days at least before this RAW, and Jerry Lawler has a match with Owen Hart, and he and Johnny Polo start clowning and and do stuff about Stu and Helen, and then I think Johnny Polo is pretending to be Stu and, like, fakes a heart attack. And so that kind of ignites this thing, and then Bret Hart comes and saves Owen, and that sort of kicks off the frustration between Bret and Owen. But I don't think that airs, because they couldn't air anything with Jerry Lawler. Yeah, I don't think they ever aired that, because I, I would remember that angle if they did it. So, uh, and this is me reading through The Observer from this week and Dave Dave thinks at this point I didn't read ahead and, and I'll read ahead next week and, and we'll know exactly what happened but um, but yeah at that point you know they I think they had to shelve that thing because of, of the Lawler situation so um, the head shrinkers against Mike Bucci and Mike Moraldo um, there is a Heidi Fleiss comment by Bobby the Brain Heenan I was kind of interesting that was interesting to hear her name in you know in 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 the pop culture year of 1983 so head shrinkers obviously win you know they, they they're just like the most impressive squash match team out there why was rikishi like sniffing the boots of whoever i don't remember who even took the fall but he sat there for like five seconds and like slithered over one of the guys and just like was inhaling what looked like the boot. That was really weird to me. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Just trying to be a wild man, I guess, or like I maybe guess. a rib on someone. You know, I don't know. It's just... so a, a rib on Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas not even there. Or Mel Phillips or whoever. <laughs> um, maybe just a, just just being being savage is being weird. Um, I guess. Interesting. They they this is the first jobber team that got anything on um, the head shrinkers a little bit. They had a little offense. Uh, Mike Bucci, of course, like we talked about this before, he becomes Nova in ECW, and Mike, um, was it last with Moraldo? I want to say Maldonado, but um, you know he's a starling, a prominent indie guy in the late '90s. So uh, you know it's kind, of, it's cool to see them out there again. Okay, so 
Obviously, on uh, a couple weeks ago on Superstars, Tatanka gets hurt. He has to be replaced. Lex Luger, um, you know, the Steiner brothers, they need an all-American guy, man. Who's going to be their all-American guy? Is it Hulk Hogan? Is it going to be Bob Backlund? Is it going to be the Patriot? No, the replacement is that all-American guy, The Undertaker. And The Undertaker comes out, and he opens up his coat, and there's an American flag on the coat, and my entire thought was, how did The Undertaker survive after 1993? Because <laughs> he was so cool, he was able to... to reinvent, Reinvent, man. and shit, he put that stupid mask on, and he got hurt from... Mabel, you know, he survived that goofiness. You know, yeah. He's, he's been, he's, 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 he definitely reinvents himself and he keeps going on. Uh, I thought this was pretty cool, though. I like this. But you know what this team is, actually? It is Team WCW from 1989. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's funny seeing Luger out there. I'm like, we're staying, you know? Yeah, like, every, everybody was like a WCW top guy, or not, well, you know, Mark Callis was, was a top was, guy, yeah. but, you know, the other guys were, and so it's kind of funny. Like WWE, with their top tag team in this main event, is all former WCW guys. Yeah, yeah. From f- definitely, I thought that when I was watching the promo too. That was fun, pretty funny seeing that. So we get uh, Pierre versus Lex, and the idea here is that the foreign fanatics want to soften up Lex for Survivor Series and possibly injure him so that you know he doesn't show up because that's the gimmick you know they they've already injured Tatanka now let's get Lex out of here but because of you know the 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 stuff to his back and and these like holds and stuff like the match wasn't super exciting though Lex did get a big of a comeback get get a bit of a comeback it it also goes through two commercials <laughs> which I was like just like going oh another one but you know it's not like we had to sit through the actual commercials um Pierre hits like this amazing pile driver I was like wow that thing looks sweet um, but then he does that weird leg drop from the top rope where he doesn't use his right leg. He actually uses his left leg to drape over. Like, it's like an inverted leg drop off the top rope. It's kind of weird. <coughs> but the main main thing of this match is Lex, obviously he's got this bionic elbow, bionic forearm, hits the forearm, knocks Pierre out. And I think Pierre's out of this match, right? Yeah, he's uh, I think Crush actually takes a spot if I remember mm-hmm. if, if I remember correctly. Um that leg so, drop if you you want to know what happened there, it um I think Pierre thought he was moving. Because oh, because he it. goes right back to the top rope and does the cannonball and he moves. So I think yeah. I think yeah. uh some, something got mis miscommunicated wrong there. Um so, you know, this was uh another just sort of you know, part of this story that uh, they they you know they changed two of the main eventers by the time that that it got to. I don't I don't know if that was the idea from day one, like that they were gonna put this team together and take a guy off of each team and replace a guy, or if maybe they didn't know if the Undertaker and Crush were gonna be ready by then, so they put the team together and then figured a way to get both guys into the match. I think this was just a storyline to kind of build some interest in, in the main event. Um, I was bummed. I wish he would have took out Jock. I mean, I yeah. like Jock, but like I, I remember that back then, I was really into Pierre because he was doing stuff that you know we didn't really see 
on a norm, you know, from on normally, you know, he was doing the big sentons and in the, the big, you know, big dive outs for a guy his size. And I remember really digging Pierre then, and <coughs> and I remember like being bummed he wasn't in the paper in the match. So uh, the next match was Diesel against Sid Garrison. I think the interesting thing to me about this match is you see the seeds of Vince really liking this big, tall, gigantic guy because Diesel's finishing move here is a Hogan big boot, and instead of the leg drop, it's an elbow drop, and that's the finish. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, I thought his finisher was the punch. I thought it was pretty weird, and he dropped the elbow. I, I feel like he's had three different finishers here. I feel yeah, like he he's... had done a powerbomb at some point, too. Yeah, he did like a gut wrench into a powerbomb. What was really interesting about this match, for me, it was like that, that jobber got a lot of offense in. And I know they were probably stretching out time and everything, but I'm like, fuck, this guy have family here or something like that? Mm-hmm. Was he a friend of a friend of, of a roommate that like liked the kid? And like, he got a lot of stuff on Diesel. Like, Diesel should not be like selling arm ringers for this guy, in my opinion. You know? Well, you mentioned that you wondered if you know they they needed to to add some time. It almost was like they went off the air pretty abruptly because they from here on out they do the Survivor Series report and and I you know in the Observer Dave does mention that our our best friend Joe Fowler got fired. Um, and it's Todd Pettengill. Uh, again, no mention of this Brett match at all. They mentioned all the other matches. And then they go to a quick Double J uh, Jeff Jarrett video package. Or not even a package. It was just a video of him trying to record a song. And then he's unhappy with the musicians. He's <laughs> unhappy with the guitar. And then Jackie, you see Jackie, and he calls her Winona. And she's she's in the mix here. I don't remember. Is, is this her? Is this, does she stick around WWE during this time? No, they were filming all this stuff in Memphis, I guess. You know, so they're using all the ESWA extras. Like you'll see more. Like I said, Tony Flock was last week. He was limo driver. Mm-hmm. Miss Texas, Jacqueline later on was in this segment. Um, a manager, uh, a longtime Memphis manager, Ronnie. Ronnie P. Gossett will be in a, in a segment coming up. So I remember as watching these segments, getting the thrill of seeing these USWA guys on being used on these shows. And, I, and actually, I was always a fan of Jeff Jarrett, so I was, also, I was really excited about him coming in. And he is almost full-time with WWE uh, at this point. I think he's got like another week left before he becomes full-time. And, and so then, you know, he's only going to be um, in USWA uh, infrequently uh, at this point. Uh, so this is the lead story of the Wrestling Observer from this week, which, and I'll just read the first two paragraphs that Dave wrote, which is Jerry Lawler, longtime co-owner of the United States Wrestling Association and one of the most endur- enduring regional headliners in the history of pro wrestling, was indicted on November 12th of one count of second-degree rape, and that's a statutory rape charge, Uh, three counts of second-degree sodomy, which is an oral sex charge, and one count of harassing a witness, which is him trying to get the... uh, trying to basically get the witnesses to on tape to basically say that they're lying. Lawler, who is scheduled to be arraigned in Louisville... On November 22nd, was charged by a Jefferson County, Kentucky grand jury of the five counts in reference to an alleged encounter with a 13-year-old Louisville girl. (laughs) 
He is also being investigated for criminal allegations in southern Indiana on what are allegedly similar circumstances. So uh, WWE immediately suspends him without pay, and they pull him off of TV, and they edit him out of all of the... Because the, he was hosting uh, superstars at this point with Vince. And Rio and, Rogers is coming. And Rio Rogers as Bruce Pritchard, or Bruce Pritchard as Rio Rogers, replaces him and does kind of like a, a Dusty Rhodes gimmick. Um, but... It is sort of like, you know, that when you see the words, you know, the name Jerry Lawler and you see the uh, 13-year-old girl, you kind of get the heebie-jeebies. You know, the world was a little bit different back then, though in the 90s it should have changed a little bit uh, from, you know, the late 70s and, and and the early 80s. But I think, uh, I'm not exactly sure, I don't exactly remember what happens, but I think he, uh, he only gets charged for one of the charges, which is the harassment charge, because I think the, one of the young girls decides to not go with, uh, with the whole thing. Um, I can't remember, there, there is a story, and this may be a Dave, uh, a Dave Meltzer story, so I'll ask him the next time I see him. But I think he said that one of the witnesses recanted her testimony. So that that may be why, you know, Lawler is out for a little bit, but he's not out for um, for any longer than just kind of getting this case over with. But I'll read forward in this case to make sure I have all the all the stuff that happens. I'm sure Nick Mahmood is like yelling at the (laughs) the uh, at his headphones right now saying, you you jackasses, how do you not remember this story? Um, the, uh, the thing, the funny thing is, is that it's not funny. It's kind of, you know, I, I, it's maybe sad. I don't know, but he will continue to wrestle in Memphis at this time while he is charged with, uh, with this thing. But probably not in Louisville, right? He's not going to do those tours. Right. That, that, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that is the, I think the, I think they're, the tours are not going to be in Louisville at all. Mm. Like for a little while, they're just pulling out of there for a little while. Yeah. Without Lawler, they can't draw really out there. Um, so Jerry Jarrett at this point is helping uh, WWF uh, book, and and Meltzer believes that Jerry Jarrett and Pat Patterson are Vince McMahon's right hand men at this point. Uh, Bobby Heenan contract expires in December, and can you imagine? Monday Night Raw without Bobby Heenan right now. Nope. It's a sad day. It's a sad segment. It's coming up soon. And and I remember being like like bummed when he was no longer in the company. Alright, so I'll read the uh, the piece that I had mentioned of uh of the Survivor Series showdown that may have been eliminated completely, but uh Dave says the original heart heart deal started November 10th in Delhi, uh, New York for the original Survivor Series special. Lawler versus Owen ended with Owen tied up in the ropes and Lawler slapping and spitting on him until Brett made the save. Owen got mad at Brett for causing him to lose via DQ. In the main event, Brett versus Yoko, Fuji kept interfering and they were doubling on Brett. Owen made the save, but Brett was DQ'd. And Brett and Owen got mad at each other because Owen cost Brett his title chance. 
It's pretty brilliant. <laughs> like leading into that Survivor Series match, it's pretty brilliant booking. That's like when Vince, you know, Vince still Vince still has his fastball here. Actually, I don't like it, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because I, I don't I don't like the foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the Survivor Series match. Because I'm glad I didn't this didn't happen. Because I remember in the Survivor Series match, I was like, oh, that was weird. Because he's the only guy got you know what happened to him, and he came out, and I thought that was like different. I didn't expect these guys were going to feud and I thought that was pretty good. I knew they were going to feud right when they announced they are going to be teaming together. <laughs> like in a week a week or two after that. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, I mean, I, I like the booking and I don't, but I don't think it's good to kind of, I, I like the foreshadow stuff a lot. I like the, I like some element of surprise. I like teases though. Like I like it where me as a fan, I go, oh, I kind of know where they're going because it makes me feel smart and it almost it, it almost makes me feel like I know what's happening and then if I guess right then I want to guess right again and then I want to figure the whole thing out it makes you feel like if you follow the product that you feel um paid off in a sense right like if you follow every step of the clue then you'll find the answer that's the part that i like about it yeah i'm i'm, I'm glad it worked out the way it did because I, I like the fact that survivor series was was a, was a starting point for that program now i'm interested if they actually did a survivor series showdown because they teased it all uh, all show long they could have cut it down to an hour happen. i don't know i don't know and i don't think it's on the network i tried looking it up after i watched the episode but nothing came Maybe it's up. on youtube but um, yeah, it might be. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere or Daily Motion or something like that. If 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 I can if I can uh, find it, I may I may give it a a spin to just to see. I, I just I'm just interested to see what 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 they do. Well, it had to air it because they advertised it, right? I don't. I mean, I, I would I would think. Unless they filmed a different match between Yoko and Brett, they didn't do that angle. I don't remember well, that the was, angle. That was the that was the other thing where. Big Dave mentions that, you know, he doesn't know exactly what they're supposed to do, um, w- what their plan was. Maybe they would have to redo it or or whatever. Um, but, you know, next week, what actually happens next week it, for for uh, for Titan WWE is that um, McMahon gets indicted on the steroid charge next week, so that's yeah. <laughs> what, 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 ob- what an observer that that uh, we'll we'll and have. That's why for Jerry next Jerry's, week. Jerry Jerry's there to run the wrestling part of the business. While well, Vince mm-hmm. is Vince is doing all legal stuff, Jerry Jarrett, who's been running a wrestling company for a very long time, is he needs that wrestling guy stability in there, and that's why he calls up Jerry Jarrett. Yep, and uh, if you have. Uh, not heard the interview on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio. Dave and I did interview Jerry Jarrett, and we did ask him about this time in uh, in WWE because I mean I'm sure he's he's uh, talked about it before, but you know we did actually ask him questions then, and and he was talking about you know why he was there and you know, what his plans were and why he left and all that stuff. So that that was interesting to ask him about it. I, I, I kind of wanted to listen to that show again just to remember exactly what he said. Yeah, I remember I remember he talking about that. That's what he was there for, just because Vince was Vince needed a guy that's going to run the wrestling business, and he, he came in there, and he was a successful businessman with pro wrestling and with a construction company, so he wanted some guy that's going to know what he's doing out there. And 
it would be a good hands to him. And I thought uh, it'd be interesting to watch 94 to kind of see how the booking played out. I do remember some stuff, and most of it actually actually I remember, but I, 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 have, I would like to rewatch that. But we'll be moving on to something else, though, for now. Yeah, we'll, yeah we will definitely be moving on to something else. I, I, I'm actually, I, you know, again, I, I don't know how I would watch this show without Heenan. I, who replaces him? Lawler, I would think. Maybe. Yeah. Huh. Savage still for a while. Savage leaves at the end of 94, right? That's when he shows on WCW at least. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, all right. So next week we will have um, the build-up to the Survivor Series of 2019, sort of the pre-show or the preview to that show. And uh, it's it's gonna get good with this '93 WWF stuff because we'll talk about the indictment. We'll talk about kind of um, you know just that whole story. And what's unfortunate is if we get to the end of '93, uh, we won't have the whole story. So maybe we'll have to tell it on a, a, a on an episode sometime in 2020, just to kind of you know just kind of wrap it up because it's and it's an interesting story. That this is a story that uh, Big Dave Meltzer and I. We wanted to do a Wrestling Observer Radio about over the summer, and we thought we were going to have time, and guess what? We didn't have time. <laughs> so this is a story that I, I really love, uh, not because it was bad for WWE, but it's just so interesting, and it's uh, just like kind of like uh, you almost like you're almost like wow, how could this have actually happened? Kind of kind of what kind of those stories? Yeah, how did Vince survive this one? How did Lawler survive exactly. this? Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. So, all right. So uh, we will be back next week uh, for John. I am Double G, and uh, again, thanks to Blue Wire for picking us up, and uh, we hope to do them proud. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.